0: Support for Best of Belfast comes from listeners just like me, who love Northern Ireland and believe we have a better story to tell. A massive thanks to all of you listening who have already joined the Producers Club, especially our Titanic producers, Barclays Eagle Labs, Ulster University, Young Enterprise Northern Ireland, Gavin Wall, Peter Dixon, and of course, the Orma Baths team. Today's episode wouldn't exist without you. To find out more about how you can support independent ad-free media, get invitations to live podcasts, and submit questions to our guests, please visit bestofbelfast.org. Thanks so much and really hope you enjoy today's show.
1: Hello, folks. Hope you're doing very, very well. Just wanted to say a very quick thank you very much to every single one of you who sent an email after last week's episode. It's been really great to get to know some of you, and the feedback has been so, so helpful. Really, really encouraging as well, just to know kind of who the listeners are behind the numbers. If you are interested in connecting, my email inbox is open. It's Matthew at bestbelfost.org. I would really appreciate if you've been listening to the show for a while just to shoot me a wee email, say hello. Let me know if you've any feedback or suggestions for the show and also if you have a favourite one so far. So yeah, thanks for that. Today's guest is an exceptional woman who's done an awful lot for our city and someone that I was really, really excited to meet and sit down with. So Suzanne Wiley has been chief executive of Belfast City Council for five years. Having worked for the council for over 30 years, Suzanne's has progressed from working as an environmental health officer to the top leadership position. In her time as chief executive, she's been responsible for negotiating the £850 million city deal with the UK government to deliver on an ambitious set of projects spanning across life and health sciences, creative industries, advanced manufacturing, digital development, smart districts, tourism regeneration and much, much more. In today's conversation, Suzanne shares how local government can be an exciting sector to work in, how she rose through the ranks of her organisation, and why reading is essential despite a busy schedule. Suzanne is a born and bred Belfaster with a deep love for our city and a real drive to see it thrive. As you're about to experience, her passion and energy is absolutely infectious, and I know you're going to love this sit-down chat with one of Belfast's best. So, without further ado, here we.
2: Hi, my name's Suzanne. I'm Chief Executive of Belfast City Council, and you're listening to Best of Belfast.
1: All right, guys, what's the crack? My name's Matthew Thompson, and welcome to Best of Belfast, the podcast that celebrates our wee country, Northern Ireland. Each episode gives you the opportunity to get to know and learn from some of the incredible people who call this place home through our unfiltered conversations. The show is brought to you from our recording studio in Ormo Bass, Parkley Eagle Labs, a co-working space right here in the heart of the city centre. Support for Best of Belfast comes from our Producers Club, where listeners just like you pledge as little as £1 a month in exchange for exclusive perks, invitations to live podcasts, some Northern Irish swag, and much, much more. Massive, massive thank you to all of you who are part of that, especially our Titanic producers, Town Square Café, Gavin Wall, Ali Hart, Young Enterprise Northern Ireland, and of course the Oma Bass team. We could not do this show without our producers, and thanks to your support, we can keep it running and allowed to stay ad free. So, really appreciate you. To find out more about the great work these guys do and support us on our journey to 100 interviews, please visit bestofbelfast.org. Okay, that's it for me. Time to jump straight into today's conversation with this week's local legend. Seven is that? Was that a lion for you? Do you? Oh, that's w- a lion. Yeah, I did not want to. I don't want to yeah. say because, like, because if that's normal here, that's great. But I mean, like, I, I imagined it might Marybury was a wee bit earlier usually.
2: Yeah. So my alarm right, right. goes off um, around uh, half five. Okay, and yeah. I get up about quarter six, ten to six. That's good going. Like- yeah. So um, most mornings during the week, yeah, <laughs> and then I have a lion at the weekends normally.
1: Cool. Yeah, and do you so usually catch up on my sleep? Do you usually work Monday to Saturday? Is every week look different?
2: Uh, I work I work Monday to Friday every week, right? Yep. Um, occasionally I'll work some some weekends as well, um, depending on what's on. Because there's always something, um, there's so much on in Belfast yeah, at the yeah, weekends. Yeah. Um, and usually I'll try and do something that I, you know, I have to turn up to or do a welcome speech at. Um, or I just want to find out about what's going on in the city because it mm. is so exciting.
1: Absolutely. So I always try to find some sort of common ground with people. This is like the look behind the curtain And I always try to find you, especially at the start, you know, is there anything that we can maybe talk about? And I'm going to just go out on a limb, but like cycling, do you like cycling? Do you cycle to work? Yeah,
2: so I don't know how you got that. You must have been told that. I don't know
1: where I found it. I just like, I just keep wee things and then I'm like, where did that come from? I'll just see.
2: So um, I'm a bit freakish about cycling to work really? all the time. Oh yeah, really? yeah, definitely. So because um, this is the way of getting exercise into my every you oh, know my everyday word. world, right? After my own heart. And uh, so uh, and you know it it felt like a, I guess I've first been doing it for about um, eight years, maybe. Oh wow. Now um and it uh, felt a bit at first it was you know a real barrier to for goodness sake what's my hair going to be like <laughs> during the day and my clothes are all going to be crumpled yeah. uh and uh, you know have to put on a really professional image yeah, but yeah. you know what um it that is not a barrier at all you yeah. know just keep a pair of straighteners in the office Absolutely. and uh so even if it's raining i can yeah. you know quickly dry my hair even in the toilets with the hand dryers and then just (laughs) and then just straighten it um and i've learned to buy clothes that um don't crease as much and that's so good so So what's your
1: is your current like cycle to work strategy because i go through different stages sometimes i change into kind of like messy clothes and then i change into my like work clothes whenever i I get to the place do you just wear the clothes you're going to wear all day
2: no 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 i wear my the usual lycra stuff and the yellow jacket and you know so the 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 full outfit now it's not it's not super cool looking i (laughs) can tell you that you know my kids are a bit embarrassed at me um and what i look like when i'm cycling into work but um it's downhill on the way in which is great because it means i don't even work up a sweat or anything on the way in and i can just go in get my hair sorted and uh, get the work clothes on, and literally five minutes. And in fact, when I have to drive to work, if I have to, you know, travel somewhere um, during the day and I have to drive to work, I really detest it. Yeah. I really detest being stuck stuck in. In traffic whenever you know when you're on your bike you have so much freedom oh, my word, you can yeah. you know you, just you can float, just get through you? and actually some people who live beside me who also travel into Belfast um they try and race me into work <laughs> <space. laughs> and I always beat them yeah of course you do course <laughs> so you it do. doesn't take any longer and uh on the way home as well and of course sometimes I'm going home really late at night too so mm-hmm. it can be you know after a council meeting I could be cycling home at half 10 or 11 o'clock at night yeah, yeah, yeah. um and you know Sometimes you feel, oh my goodness, you know, um, really, I wish I hadn't cycled today. But by the time you're on that bike um, and you get out there, it clears your head. Absolutely. It gets work out of your head. By the time you get home, you feel a bit more refreshed yeah. and, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, ready for home life then.
1: Yeah. And then, know? like you said, it kind of automatically, naturally builds in, like, you don't really need to go and do your workout because it's just part of your day, you know? Yeah,
2: it's part of your day. And then I can do my workouts at weekends yeah. and things as well. So, cycle today. Ah, days. Yeah.
1: class. Very, very <laughs> cool. When I moved back to Northern Ireland, my first job, uh, I worked. Sorry, I worked as a gardener when I moved back, and then I also worked for Deliveroo. Well, when don't I, you? Yeah, when I was in yeah. the states, I really fell in love with urban cycling, and yeah. I am now like cities are now spoiled for me, like. Because I love cycling in the city so much. Because you can just, especially here, get from A to B just like instantly. It's like teleporting. That's what it feels like. It's so great.
2: Yeah. And I have. um, So I'm lucky because I can go partly on the Cumber Greenway as well. Oh, lovely. Which, again, you know, just... Um, cycling through that greenway, where you're surrounded by nature all the time and all the changing seasons, um, with all the you know the greenery etc. I mean that just kind of you know um, is brilliant for your yeah, for yeah. your mental health as well. I think. Yeah. Um, and I was actually tried my first electric bike not Ooh. in Belfast. No, I was in Lisbon with my two daughters a couple of weekends ago, and uh, it's really hilly. Uh, and we went on a tour. And the tour you had to get an electric bike, yeah. and I was thinking, oh, I don't need an electric bike. <laughs> I mean, I'm a tank; you know, I can handle this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do this all the time. Let me tell you, in fun, oh, yeah? you need an electric bike. <laughs> um, so it was really, it was really cool, actually, to, to just to put the power on to get you yeah. up those very steep hills that are cobble streets as well. So it would, it would make cycling um, just on your own steam very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. While well, we're on the, kind of like a more of a lighter topic, and I can. I can edit this out if you don't want to talk about it. But the the book, your favorite book that you said, you know, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier.
2: Daphne de Maurier.
1: Maurier. Du Maurier. Excuse my French. <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> Why do you like that book? Tell me about that.
2: I think um, it's one of those books that I read when I was you know growing up, and uh, and. Um, there's just something very mysterious about it all and it it conjures up all sorts of, of pictures um, uh, 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 about um, the, the story. And, of course, it has a, a movie associated with mm. it as well, um, which is a very old movie too. Uh, and But the book is so much better than the movie. <laughs> I actually took called my eldest daughter, Rebecca, as well. So oh, I don't wow. know if that was psychologically, subconsciously. subconsciously connected with the book. But then, um, and the other reason why I chose it was because when my children were growing up, um, I read it to all of them Um all together, the three of them oh, wow. sat together. I think we we're on holiday one time, and I just read all the chapters to great. them. So, uh, and they were enthralled by it as well.
1: Yeah, it's great. And I'm all for people reading, and actually, I'm really happy and really encouraged to see in the kind of entrepreneurial world like reading has is really having like an in moment right now you know everyone's like trying to read more and they're like warren buffett reads like five million books a year i'm gonna start reading too like da 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 da. it's like even like the president's like the amount of books they go through and bill gates and all that sort of stuff but i was really one the reason why i was so glad to see that book on your list is because it's fiction and i I think fiction gets a really bad rap these days because people are i actually have heard like successful people completely like rule out fiction because like oh well you should be using that time to learn so, and to da, 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 and i'm like
2: what come on know. and when you asked them asked me that question i thought oh really um really i should you know be really smart and put down some of those books <laughs> that aren't fiction and you know have really influenced how i think yeah yeah, yeah. thought cetera. leadership and for thought, the modern yeah, professional of course, of course. <laughs> um but actually i just wanted to you know tell the yeah. truth be authentic yeah. and um and because it kind of you know um resonated with my kids and everything mm-hmm. i just um uh, chose that one that's
1: awesome okay yeah. so that that's sort of we stuff aside
2: and i think you do need to relax that's oh, the other thing goodness. so yeah you know um of course we all need to be stimulated intellectually um as leaders and of course we all have to to, to read um to do that um but you also need to switch off sometimes mm-hmm. entirely and so fiction is is a great way of doing that
1: definitely definitely I think your story is really interesting. I think it's really incredible as well. And I would love just to kind of hear from you that journey of working as a councillor, effectively. Is that right in saying that? Or working for the city council, C- sorry? Working for city council, not to, a councillor because
2: they're elected. Yes. I'm
1: not elected. <laughs> you, you're coming in, working for the city council to then that journey to now chief executive. Yeah. Like that is, that's really interesting. So just, I'd love to hear how that happened.
2: Yeah, okay. So... Uh, 1988, started. Wow.
1: It's
2: a long time ago, that's 30, <laughs> 31 years ago. And uh, it doesn't feel like 31 years ago, let me tell you. Um, straight out of Ulster University. And uh, so um, you do your finals in, in May time. Um, and uh, I got the that job on the 1st of August, I started 1988 wow. as an environmental health officer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, environmental health officers, they go out, as you probably know, and inspect restaurants um, and, uh, you know, look at air quality, look at health and safety in, in um, workplaces like this one. Yep. Uh, and uh, but one of my first jobs was um, they sent me to the um, meat plant, the abattoir. Ooh. And uh, so um and you ha- you as an environmental health officer, you have to inspect the animals for disease. <laughs> what? Right? Yes, absolutely. Did
1: so you come from? Are you a city woman or yeah, were you yeah, a country guy?
2: No, I grew up in Belfast. I grew up um, just above Forestide. Wow. It yeah. was Supermac then. Um but uh, just above foresight. And now and, you're inspecting animals. And, and then inspected animals. <laughs> and uh, so you went in in the mornings with your welly boots, right? And um, your white coat didn't stay white. It was red by the time you <laughs> got home. And uh, you were on a line actually inspecting um uh, all the lymph nodes of of the the cattle, etc. Wow. So that certainly um, was character building, <laughs> um, because mostly in the abattoir it was mostly men, and sometimes in the mornings when I came in, I would find all sorts of bits of animals in my welly boots and things because mm. they just wanted to see what kind of stuff is this is this girl <laughs> what, made of? What she made you know? of? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then other things that they made me do were. Um, uh you, you you'll know um our landfill site in um the north of this this city um, and it produces methane gas and uh so we um uh, put in a, a lot of, of wells to take out that methane gas and, and create energy from it, mm. and we're, we're doing that at the minute. We're turning it into electricity awesome. at the minute, which is great. But um, they uh, in in the office, they decided to see what it was made of as well. So they sent me out to take all these samples down manholes. What? Um So I came <laughs> out with worms and all sorts of creatures in my hair at that stage. Um, but I think so. Um, I so I was an environmental health officer, um, uh, probably for um, about. 15 years um, and uh, worked around to lots of different jobs and went into public health as well um, during that time. Um, and it gave me a really, really good grounding in Belfast and in all the, th- the um, issues um, that people in the city um, have to deal with. Mm. Um, of course, you know, it introduced me to the economy. It introduced me to all the businesses in, in the city. But it also introduced me to, um, you know, I had to deal with housing problems, um, uh you know, where people were renting houses which were in really bad state of repair. Um, And in some cases, um, you know, we had to deal with um, houses that, um, you know, had um, infestations of insects and things Mm -hmm. in them Uh, and um, people who really suffered as well. Um, And, you know, people who had mental health issues, people living in real poverty too. So, um, and I was in every part of the city. And and at that, in those days, you know, we had the troubles, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I was traveling between all the different parts of, of the city, just experiencing people's lives as well. Mm. Um, so, I think that is was a really fantastic grounding to understand what you need to understand about all aspects of city life.
1: Yeah, I bet.
2: Yeah, and then and then I moved into different jobs. So, I went into policy for a while. Um, I went into public health. I went into community safety. I uh, also uh, did urban development too, which I have to say I really, really loved. Uh, <laughs> urban development, and uh, and then the job before chief executive was director of health and environmental services. So that was running all the big frontline services wow. for the council. So the bins, the street cleansing, <laughs> uh, etc. Uh, running all of that for the, for the council too. So you can imagine, um, you know, that that job was not without its challenges either.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, you were exposed to the incredible things, and then also the reality, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a very um, that job um, really grounds you uh, because you know you're um, dealing with um, you have to you have to provide really good services, but you do get complaints from people. You have to deal mm-hmm. with the complaints um, from people. You know, you always have to be encouraging improvement. You've got. Um, the uh you know trade unions to to work with you have industrial relations issues with the vast you know um teams um of people that provide services across the city and you've got you know very different range of professions yeah. to deal with as well in council so I will have scientists I have lawyers I have architects yeah. um, I have um the the bin men themselves, I have um, the environmental health officers, building control planners, etc. So it's a really wide range of different disciplines. Yeah, it's amazing. And then I have the councillors, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> those
1: those people too. <laughs> yeah, so they're
2: really important um, because they they are the ones that the people elect. And they're 16 now in, in Belfast. Um, eight political parties since the last election in Belfast. Brilliant. And they do set... The agenda for, mm. you know, what they want the city to be like uh, um, in the next. So they're for, elected for four year terms, but they think much um, uh, longer term than just the, their four year terms in office. Yeah. Because, of course, they want to get reelected again after yeah, their four course. years. So, but, so I effectively report to 60 councillors as and chief executive.
1: Belfast City Council as an organisation, mm-hmm. because I was mentioned to you about Young Enterprise um, yeah. i think before we started recording and uh, a fellow who works in um the adelaide street offices mm-hmm. the, one, adelaide. The, yeah. the massive the, one the office. absolute mahusive one yeah uh, he was actually one of my business advisors whenever we were going through oh, your really? enterprise a guy called jonathan twine a great guy okay. and i've been in there a couple of times to see him for you know different bits and pieces and i was like shocked at how big and vast that building was. Mm-hmm. How many people are kind of under the large Belfast City Council umbrella?
2: So there are about two and a half thousand people under what? Uh, Belfast City Council. Yeah, but you have to think that, um, you know, we provide um, the leisure centres. We run parks um, throughout the city. We provide the community centres as well in Belfast. And um, we run the Waterfront Hall. We run the Innovation Factory in the um, uh, west of the city. Uh, so, you know, it's a it's such a wide-ranging um, um, organisation, really. So, and we have 100 different work sites across Belfast. So the building that you were in, Um, is only part of it but what we did that building um, actually um, we built it to save to save money to save the repairs money yeah um, because we um, would have had a lot of our staff in um, different buildings throughout um, the city centre and would have been paying for leases for those so what we did was we got ourselves out of all those leases consolidated everything so um, it's now uh, Lennon Hall Street and Adelaide Street and they connect yeah um, and those are the main uh, the two main buildings but it is a lovely new office it's I beautiful think. yeah it's yeah, really it nice I like that
1: yeah. kind of I mean I don't really know how to describe it kind of like the not the Adelaide street side what's the other side there?
2: Uh, so that's Cecil Ward building yeah, yeah.
1: and you go in it's like really big the it's just vast and it's like so much oh, space yeah. and it's got weak greenery and all it's right. it's it's really really impressive yeah. I know this is probably hard to answer this because it's that Northern Irish thing where you don't really like blowing your own horn or you know tooting your own trumpet but would you say, would other people say that you rose through the ranks quickly or was it um, kind of like a normal progression?
2: Um, no, I would say it was fairly quick um, because I think I was only in uh, about three years maybe before I got my first promotion and yeah. then I just kept... Um, being promoted, and promoted um, after uh, after that every few years. Yeah. Um. And I think there was one time I was in a job for eight years, um, which was probably too long without mm. you know then thinking wh- where where are we going next? Where am I going next? Where's the yeah. city going next? Um. And uh, uh. And that sounds as if it's just about me being incredibly ambitious <laughs> I, I, I understand the dilemma you're in with the question yeah, like that yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I actually don't feel that way it actually just well in terms of the circumstances I was in and what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and the difference I wanted to make yeah um you know those opportunities came along and I went I went for them yeah. and I never set out to be yeah. chief executive yeah. you know if you'd asked me 15 <laughs> years ago you know are you going to be chief executive yeah. I would have kind of laughed at you probably sure.
1: and that's why I ask you know because your your story is one of possibility and it's a real yeah to other people yeah. you know because i um, bava city council they've got a great graduate programs and, and things like that mm-hmm. i remember being at uni and seeing you know uh, loads of people i know actually going in through that avenue and just the, the proofs and the pudding you know the opportunity yeah. the rise there but if you were to kind of step back and like dissect yourself and look at yourself from like an outsider perspective like what things what thing allowed you to rise quickly if that makes sense because a lot of people listen to this you know they're in nine to five jobs and they are eager to progress Mm -hmm. so is there any kind of thing that you would maybe look back on and be like well maybe this maybe not that
2: so i guess um it was always about my attitude okay that makes sense yeah because um in any job so i work really hard i always have i've always been you know really hard worker i want to do the best job that i can where does that come from i in. Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess. Um, so when I was growing up, um, I uh, was very led back about school and things. Right. Interesting. Yeah, very, huh. very led back. And, um, you know, um, really kind of then at one stage during university, woke up and thought, you know what, um, I if I'm really going to do do something with my life right and um you know i'm not sure i quite like the term making a difference because it's too overused but but we'll just go with that for now right if i'm actually going to do something useful and worthwhile then the only person that's going to make that happen is me so Mm. you know I let, I'm going to wise up and make the most of it. Um, and uh, and I guess when I went into work, I didn't stick with the parameters of any particular job, mm-hmm. right? I always thought beyond them. And I always worked with... Um, so the, the council can only work well and provide... Um, really good services and make the city successful if it works with all the other agencies and if it works with, with um, civil service mm. um, departments too. So I always made it my business to work with others mm. and sometimes I would have felt you know, that I actually worked for the police or I worked <laughs> for the public health agency <laughs> um, or um, so I always widened the horizons of whatever job I was in and that's mm. a bad attitude um, to me uh, and uh, and I think Um, that that's what made the difference and every job I went into then I actually enjoyed more and more and the more responsibility I got even though um initially i would have said i'm not sure i want that level of responsibility but as i actually experienced it i'm i um understood yeah. that i i could add more value in every job i went into and i loved it more and more and this job is the best job i've ever been in yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh it it gives me energy every day um and it it takes everything i have as well <laughs> because that's the nature of this this job but it actually um you have to be so driven, mm-hmm. but the job itself and the opportunities that um, you know the council can um, make such a, a, a success of, of Belfast, and we we are doing that at yeah, this yeah, point yeah. in time. So, um, you know, you, you you get a lot of satisfaction yeah. from that. And and the other thing is, I always, you talked about um, things like, um, you know, part-time study programs, et cetera. Um, I, in terms of attitude, I always would have gone on leadership programs. Interesting. And um, done more, um, uh, I, you know, I went back and did um, an MSc um, very early days. And then I did an MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that job I was in for eight years. Yeah. During that time, I did it oh, yeah. the MBA. You were just storing up the goods. I was just storing up the goods, <laughs> yeah, which I really loved again because it wasn't a public sector MBA. It was um, at Queen's and everybody um, on the course, uh, they were, you know, either from the banking world um, or commercial um, world and um, so private sector primarily. So I was the only public sector person um, on it, and I went in feeling like the underdog, I have to say. And <laughs> um, because we were doing, you know, accountancy exams and yeah, marketing yeah. exams, and uh, you know, so I, I really worked my butt off mm-hmm. um, and uh, and loved it. It was great.
1: What was your subject in school? Like, in what, school? what were the things you were really yeah, good at? So yeah, I was at, really, really good enjoyed. at science. At science, school. that was yeah, your field.
2: That that was definitely uh, my field. If you were
1: to pick one of the three
2: sciences yeah uh i think chemistry I chemistry was wow yeah very yeah. interesting but i haven't kept that up at all <laughs> not at all um and uh, but my my kids are i suppose all science yeah. sciencey as well
3: yeah. Now. yeah it's
1: interesting you know you're talking about how you were for lack of a better term um this is the way i internalize it you did not say this rather servant-hearted and how you would go beyond what was kind of like on the, the paper of your job description yeah. you know you said something that's like I was working for the police da, 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 da. and i think like you obviously built up a lot of great rapport with people along yeah. the way and doing that but then also i think sometimes people can really underestimate just how beneficial it can be to be a pleasant human being and just be nice to people it goes yeah. a long way
2: yeah it does um i just saw a poster you gave me a tour um of this Lovely building, this fabulous building. And when we were walking around, I saw one of the posters. It said, "Work hard and be nice to people." It's a good right? one, isn't it? It is a good it's one. It's a really good one. Uh-huh. And you and uh, you didn't plant that with me <laughs> at all. In fact, we didn't even comment on it when we walked around the place. But um, it actually does resonate with me um, because relationships. So particularly in my job now as chief executive relationships are how you actually get things done Mm -hmm. and particularly how you get over um, big obstacles yeah. to delivering a big project, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know all the players in this city personally and can phone them up. Um and, you know, we can problem solve together. Yeah. And when you have good relationships with people, very and, and very deep relationships yeah, yeah, with yeah. people, um, then uh, and then you can solve problems together, which is great. Yeah. yeah. I yeah.
1: promise we're gonna talk about like like belfast vision stuff in a second but i'm just i'm finding this like really area really interesting how do you now in a season of your life where you are perhaps and maybe i'm just imagining this perhaps more time starved than you've ever been absolutely how do you go about the maintaining of those deep relationships both professionally and i suppose personally but mainly Mm -hmm. at this point of the interview probably professionally
2: yeah, so um, it is difficult. It's always yeah. a challenge. Of course, it's always a challenge. Um, and you there's know, a fellow
1: in here. Sorry, his name's Gary Davidson, and he uh-huh. just landed himself the sweetest job ever. He's mm-hmm. really, he's it? really in the tech startups, and his job is basically to go around and just meet everybody and talk to everybody. He's like a professional networker now. I always make fun of him, but it, he's totally suited for the job. But someone like that, they have,
2: yeah,
1: you know, carved out hours and hours of their day, yeah. to do that. You on the other hand do not have that luxury, I no. suppose.
2: No, so uh, and my diary is impossible. In mm. fact, you know, I do look at it on Sunday for the week <laughs> ahead and think, how am I physically going to do all of that? You know, um, sometimes I have to put my trainers on and run between meetings because that's Jeez, the only Zoe. way of getting them. <laughs> um, so, yes, you're right. But I think um, I will always think. Um, have a bit of thinking time somewhere, even if that's on a Sunday, right? And think about, um, so I need to speak to him and her and I need to just connect and even to connect some people together as well. Um, And uh, if I go into meetings, I have to be really clear Mm. what I need to get out of those meetings. Mm -hmm. And I will, and maybe I need to speak to some of the people in those meetings before, even the, the, you know, the big um, conversation with everybody in the room. Um, And uh, I will always you, you always have to think as well about um making sure that people see the value in the relationship. So um you will always have to I, I will think about well what can I give them? What what you know, what can I offer them? Yeah, sure. Um and you know, once people see that you're prepared to really work with them and they can get the credit for some of the the things that you're doing together as well, then that's when the relationships actually do d- deepen quite a lot. Yeah. Um and once you involve them um in Um, some of the big projects that we're trying to deliver in the city, Uh, again, um, that's where... So I could maybe give you an example of that. So, for example, Belfast Harbour and Belfast um, City Council working together. So Belfast Harbour um, uh, own a large section of, of the land in the city yes, and they're a very wealthy organisation mm-hmm. and uh, they are a very e- efficient organisation. So um, we've just recently um, come up with a new partnership agreement uh, for how the city council, how the harbour can work together. Great. But of course, you know, we have to give to them, they have to give to us to make to make that. Happen, yeah, um, and we have to work in joint projects, which we're we're actively working away Great. on now. And so, you know, we may go into things like joint ventures with them, yeah, um, where we actually set up um, a special. Company Super. really, which is like joint between council yeah, and, yeah. and wow. the harbour. We've done that recently with Macleod um, and Rush, um, a big construction company yeah, in the massive, city, yeah. who were buying the Belfast uh, buying the Belfast Telegraph building, mm-hmm. and um, the council. They asked the council, "Would we would we be interested in this?" Um, so, um, and we want. this very strategic. Building for the city Oh yeah right? Big time Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with the new heritage. Student housing And stuff Absolutely. going on there yeah. So we didn't want it Just to be turned into Student housing yeah. and, and we felt Right okay We're going to Joint, joint venture with what them The Buy it The 6th That's sixth, right Yeah, yeah the 6th yeah. So again That's you know um, Just about how Relationships You can't just It's not just about Sitting around a table And, and talking um, A lot Yeah Right It's actually about Doing <laughs> things together Yeah That's definitely. how you have Really strong relationships Cool yeah.
1: Well, I think that leads us nicely into some of uh, you know the more stuff that we were supposed to really talk about, and uh, <laughs> one of them is you know your team just mentioned a couple of talking points. One of them is the Belfast brand. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest; I don't even really know what that means. For me, the question that I want to like kick us off there is: what does the new logo stand for? Because I've okay. seen it, yeah. I like it, and I, I don't get it. If that makes sense.
2: All right. Right. Okay. So, um, is it, the starburst burst? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and it's supposed to um, depict energy, the, the energy and the vibe of the city, and has quite hard edges as well. Yes, it so does. it is supposed to, to um, demonstrate that we're quite an edgy city there you too, go. right?
1: Which is true. Which is true. Very true. A lot of my uh, international visitors they're kind of they kind of feel like they're this is like oh Belfast is like one big Brooklyn. And you're like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it kind so of. So it's
2: a, it's supposed to show that. It's also um, the shape of it, so it's not your traditional kind of star. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if you look at the shape of it um there 's quite a big indent um in one of the in one of the edges of the star that 's to show the the harbor the the, oh, wow. the lock okay? yeah, 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 and then the rest of it actually, if you put it on a map of the city uh-huh. um, it is the outline of the built up areas of the city, so wow. it does two things the shape of someone has put a pathetic. lot of thought into that yeah they did
1: um,
2: <laughs> but also then the future it's supposed to represent young people youth yeah. um, vibrancy um, a bit quirky and it is a dynamic brand as well yeah. so you know we're not hard and fast about how that's how that's used mm. at all you can you know you can manipulate it you can change the colour you can change the patterns mm-hmm. um, you can use it alongside whatever other brands uh, you want to use it alongside yeah. um, but the narrative is really around you know and we're confident Uh um and uh we have something which at this point in time in the city um is um really important to capture that back energy of uh, young people the fact that you know where we've come from where we are now and where we want to go to in the future and we're really confident about that future Mm -hmm. that's what it's supposed to say that's exciting so it's it's about energy being unleashed
1: there you go Mm-hmm. that's uh that's like vip uh, so like, do you get, answer do you get, that's great i get it now do you get i'll be it, bl- i'll be like a find of knowledge walking uh-huh. around now if i'm driving past does that local actually well actually let me tell you uh
2: so if um so you can see them now we're putting them up on the signs on the way into the city
1: yeah i always see it whenever i'm coming on uh the m3 just where that big tesco is yeah where you know Harlan Roofs on your right i always that's where I that's see where the logo the most, it. yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: yeah. But it's it's used on all our marketing materials. So when we go out to other cities, um, you know, we'll always use yeah. that that brand, and we want we want other organisations to use the brand yeah. as well. So it really sticks.
1: Yeah, and I suppose kind of like if we are to uh, zoom out for like that's like a touch screen. I just I just did movement like I'm zoom zooming out on, you on did. an iPad. You did. I really did <laughs> scundered. <laughs> if we were to zoom that out a wee bit, you know, Belfast brand one of the reasons why i started the podcast i sent you before we started i lived in uh, new york for three years and anytime anyone would hear the accent you know it's always where are you from where are you from i'd yeah. say from belfast and it always break my heart because the first initial thing they would ask is always oh, is there's still loads of violence there is there still bombs is it still really dangerous um it actually played to my advantage at some points because i I worked um with some uh, gangs and um in more like low-income kind of rough neighborhoods out there and i got like insane amount of street cred just because i was from belfast and i was like i'm a child of good friday agreement (laughs) i saw nothing but i mean i'll take it i'll take it if it's going but i really wanted you know the reason why this podcast exists is to show really that belfast has come so far it's to show that actually belfast is incredible and i mean what it says in the tin it's to show off the best parts of Belfast. So, what are outside of a logo some of the you know parts of the Belfast brand that we can be really proud of?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, you just have to uh, you know come into the the city and and walk around it. I actually the real privilege yesterday with my management team of getting a walking tour um, of the city centre so by this guy who works for us. I'm going to name him. He'll probably kill me for this, Gary. Um, Potter. Go who on, knows Gary. so much um, about the history of the place and also what's going on um, with Belfast. He runs a website himself in his own spare time wow. called Future Belfast. So if anybody wants to look at what's going on in the city right now um, in terms of development um, they just need to, to look at, at his website. Um, and it is amazing. It mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing what is happening in Belfast. Um, so if you look at the tech scene um, for example in the city um, it is phenomenal. We are the second fastest growing knowledge economy in the UK, outside mm. London, in Belfast. Wow. And uh, so just look at what's happening down at Catalyst Inc. Um, just look at what's happening with our cyber companies, for example. Yeah. Um, and some of those, you know, companies based in America coming here, setting up their, their businesses now, mm. whether that's State Street or Smashfly <laughs> um, or um, Rapid7, for example. Yeah, you yeah. know Big cyber um, companies uh, uh, that um, have seen the talent. That we have in this city, yeah. um, and have seen uh, the kind of vibe that we have in the city too, because it's all about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 um, uh, the workforce themselves who are very loyal and work really really hard yeah. as well. and that's really hard to find. So the big war is on at the minute for talent throughout the world <laughs> in terms of companies and where they set up business. Yeah, um, and I guess um, they can find that talent here, but it's it's more than just that. It is about um, this the you know the city itself, the quality of life that you have when you live here, yeah. um, and uh, and also the the environment. Because you know, if you look at, um, you know, look at Cathedral Quarter. Oh yeah. Just just look at what has gone on there without actually, um, you know, any agency. Um, trying to control that in any way. It has emerged, it's happened itself. Yeah. Um look at the food scene that we have in the city right now. Um and uh, which is just phenomenal. If yeah. I go and um to a lot of cities in England I'm not gonna name any. I um, don't <laughs> name shame any. But they all have those chains of restaurants, yeah, you know sure. it's it's a bit dull and boring. Yeah. We don't want to have that. Yeah. We have some really fabulous offers um, that are all homegrown, yeah. really. Um, and some new ones too, but they're quirky new ones. Yeah. You know, if you think of <laughs> Six by Nico, which is just in Edinburgh and Belfast, I think, as far as I know. Mm. Um, Which is just, have you been?
1: It's really innovative, isn't have it? Have you been? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's It's, it's fabulous. so good. Such a good so idea. Good. Such a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and some of the pubs that we have, you know, which um when... Um, visitors come and, and mm. see the, the, the pubs and the range of pubs and the music scene. Um, it is it is so cool. Yeah. You know, look at all the rooftop bars that have oh no. um, been developed in Be- and Belfast and more to come.
3: That's right. Yeah.
2: Um, so the economy, foreign direct investment, you know, some big companies like Citibank, yeah. um, like Allstate, like Concentrix. So if you think about Citi, um, they were probably one of the, the biggest first movers to mm. come to Belfast from America. And they started with about 300 people. Um, I think they have about um, nearly 3,000 people now on their books. And they're now um, looking for a new building to do even more. Mm-hmm. And that is the story all over the place. Yeah. So any company who has come here um, from outside has expanded and it's expanded brilliant. and expanded again. Um, and you're right, though, around our per- the perception sometimes yes. of the place. Um, because when tourists come here... Like, you know, over 100 cruise ships uh, yeah. last year.
1: It's mad, isn't it? Mad. It's A
3: hundred,
2: unbelievable. Oh, it's about 117 last year, and more planned for this year. Um, and uh, you know, tourism is just growing exponentially. And when people come here, not only tourists but even investors to 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 look at the place, they are so surprised mm. by what they find here. And I guess just to go back to the brand and go back to marketing the city, I guess that's why it's so important that we do that because we have to that this place has so many uh, assets um so so much going for it mm-hmm. at this point in time and as soon as people People actually lift the lid and look in, um, and and come here. Yeah. They are absolutely blown away by yeah. the by the place, and I can I can stand over that because every investor that's coming into the city, whether it's um, a company setting setting up in the city, I've a couple this week coming in <laughs> in my diary, um, and uh, or whether it's a you know a real estate investor or a hotel investor, um, they are absolutely amazed um, by what's going on. Um, the fact that we've got a whole university moving into know, so good, the city it? centre, yeah, and it's now on the, on the tour yesterday, um, I uh, you know, saw how much um, development has just happened with, with um, Ulster University. It's now really, really taking shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to be such a cool building. Uh, awesome. And it bringing 15,000 more students <sighs> into the heart of the city centre and all that student accommodation that's going around yeah. the place will change how we use our city centre too. It'll Definitely. Change, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you and uh, all the new hotels mm-hmm. that are going up um, around so, Something Bellthard that I'm really excited about, about the students moving in is
1: yeah. uh, I'm... I'm really excited to see more people living in the city oh, center. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that whole kind of Royal Avenue area, the mark fire has been mm-hmm. really interesting to see, you know, how that's impacted even that area. But it would be lovely to see more and more, because, you know, that is something about New York that was interesting, where you would have obviously all these shops on the bottom floor. But above that, you know, there'd be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people living. And it did give a permanent life To a city rather than just at key points, if that makes sense. No,
2: it makes a huge um, amount of sense. It's a real passion of mine at the minute. That's great. Um, And I think what you will see is... um, uh, housing um, and you know living over the shops uh, etc you'll see a lot more of that in the city centre um, and you'll see different models of, of um, uh, housing as well mm. so for example if you go to any um, regional city um, in England you'll see a lot of built to rent um, schemes going right. up which are taller buildings and they're they're really for um, young professionals uh, who you know want all the services provided yeah. along with them. So you you know somebody will take your dry cleaning and, and it. get it done yeah. for you.
1: You, you want can, to go to the gym? Oh, there's a gym downstairs. A gym there
2: that you can rent the the um, you know the big dining space mm-hmm. and have parties if you like, yeah, etc. Yeah. There's always a the rooftop um, <laughs> you know to use for barbecues always. and those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So um, that that's you know that is what there is demand for. Can you imagine you've you know if you're a student and you live in, um, uh, you know, one of those fabulous um, new um, student developments. Just John Bell House is one that comes to mind because it's a heritage building. Oh my,
1: that building and is unbelievable. Isn't it? Yeah, I was—I don't even know why I was in it. Like I was in it like six months ago, and I was like, "This building is insanely it, cool." It
2: is so—it <laughs> is so unbelievably yeah. cool. I mean, all those shared spaces, yeah. you know, um, are just fabulous yeah. for students. Yeah. And uh, so different from from my day as being a student, completely (laughs) chalk and cheese. Um, But, um, you know, can you imagine those students then saying to themselves, "Okay, well, I'm going to go after after living here, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to go back home and live with my mum and dad. They're not. Yeah. Right. They want to move on to what is the next the next thing for them. So um, and we can't. Um, As a city, um, you know, keep expecting that people are going to, you know, live outside the city and drive in and out to Mm -hmm. work every day. Mm -hmm. That's not sustainable. Um, Yeah. You know. uh, Because that in itself, I suppose,
1: causes issues, you know, with the environment, with congestion and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, actually, I never thought of it from that perspective. How more people living in would actually, I love, I was thinking about it whenever you were talking about cycling into work. I love, whoever came up with the the campaign whoever copywriter came up with it is an absolute legend uh you're not stuck in traffic you are traffic
3: oh that's brilliant that, that is brilliant. so good yeah. i was like
1: fair play Translink, fair play yeah
2: absolutely and we have such dependency on the car um mm-hmm. here uh we have to get away from that yeah and um, there is no doubt um we have to get away from that i mean the glider has been uh, a real success um but of course it only runs from east yes to west so far yeah. and we need we need glider phase two as yeah. well um and and i think you know even um y- y- the glider itself is quite funky it's yeah it uh, is it is so yeah. um and i think people got quite excited about it and the fact that it's you know really you know it's wi-fi enabled and yeah. you can sit and you know work or do social media or whatever you want to do yeah. um on the bus while you're traveling into work as as well yeah. um i think is a real success so we need more of that mm-hmm. um absolutely on the city centre living but on the tour yesterday as well they pointed out um, to me um, where some planning applications have come in and and even been approved for living above some of um, the shops and it it honestly will be stunning it will will be be so nice so you know around um, where um, mother care used to be and um, uh, and in Castle Place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: they're, they're well done. That's a hard af- that's a Harvey Street to remember the name yeah, of. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it is, it is. so um there are, there are applications in there for some stunning um uh, above the shop um apartments Sweet. and they're scaffolding up at the minute too. So if you if you're walking around that area you have a look <laughs> up the scaffolding yeah. because those apartments will come on the market very quickly and I'm Brilliant. sure they'll be snapped, snapped up. up. Yeah. Yeah. But of course the people living around um the edges of the city centre we have inner city communities mm-hmm. too so we have to make sure that um you know those um people feel the advantages of development in the city center as well and feel like it belongs to them too yeah, that yeah. you know they're not cut off from yeah. from uh, the city center and it's not a kind of um world yeah in future that you know it's all the 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 wealth is in the city Mm center and it doesn't permeate out into all the neighborhoods yeah so that's part of my job as well is to make sure that um you know the whole of belfast benefits from from the growth
1: yeah interesting yeah another kind of talking point was smart cities yeah i don't know on you know like the initiative legislative sort of level, so I'm just going to interpret that. And there's two little questions I have, just as the kind of like duo blogs walking down the street. Yeah. First one is, is it the pulse, um, machines that have been put up? Maybe yeah. it's not called pulse. No, 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 it is that, right. yeah. and then also. Belfast Coin, I -hmm. think, is really interesting. If you want to talk about either of those things, whatever you want.
2: Sure, yeah. So, yes, of course, those those smart hubs that have gone up um, on the streets, um, which I think were one of the first... Uh, if not the second city to to do that, wow. Um, and uh, so, um, and that's but that's only one example of yeah. some of the things that we want to do under the kind of smart city brand. And I think there's been a lot of hype about smart cities, you know. <laughs> and I think every city in the world is trying to be the smartest, yeah, yeah, yeah. right?
1: Everyone's trying to be the next I city, you yeah. know what I mean? It's all tech, yeah. tech, tech, and yeah, yeah. It is. is.
2: <laughs> Although there is there is a lot of merit in um, actually trying to create. Um, better innovation in your in your city, and mm-hmm. I guess that's where we our starting point is. Um, so you have this brilliant um, tech community um, at this point in time who are innovating all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, th- um, look at Artemis for example. Do you know about Artemis? I have no idea so, what that is. Great right. name! It is, isn't it? Right. So Artemis um, were involved in uh, racing yachts. Okay. okay? <laughs> and they have set up a small tech business here in Belfast. Right. And they are um trying to create um the first um yacht um, that will generate its own power um, and potentially be autonomous in future. Wow. Like they're doing that on a world scale yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's happening all over the place. We are providing technology and innovation for companies right around the world. Amazing. Look at look at Bus. They're providing 200 hydrogen <laughs> cell Buses for London bus,
1: so and great, so, like isn't
2: it? Isn't that isn't that fantastic? And yeah. there are no emissions from the hydrogen cell bus. Wow, like, water is the only byproduct. <laughs> so um, fabulous, right? Yeah. Um, so there, and I th- mean that story. You know, I could tell that story uh, about you know a thousand companies in yeah. in Belfast right now. So I think what smart is all about is creating the right environment. Mm-hmm for that innovation and those companies to really, really flourish. So of course you need the hard um infrastructure, yeah. you need to, you know, have the high-speed um internet, you need to have 5G enablement um across um at the the city core where all the businesses are, right? Um, you need to have the you know the sensors um on the lampposts and uh you need to have the 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 pulse um uh hubs etc um of course you need to have all of that but actually you need to do something with it right <laughs> to make it all work properly yeah um you know people talk about the internet of things which is a great thing but nobody can actually yes um, put their finger on well, exactly what does that do for for a city so um so i'll give you a few examples of some things that um are happening so for example um c-sense um our company in Belfast that have put sensors on, you know, our um, just eight Belfast bikes. Yeah. So they have sensors on all of those. That's picking up lots and lots of data, um, which is telling us a lot about traffic in the city. It's also, oh, wow. also telling road service where all the potholes are. Oh, serious? As well, yeah. That's so smart. And, you know, <laughs> um, and so we're using some of that information to then drive what maintenance, et cetera, um, needs to be done. Um, and, uh, and 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 uh, so what? Um, what we've been trying to do with Invest NI as well is um, ask some of the innovator community to solve some city problems. Mm. So, for example, we don't know a lot about what tourists do on a Sunday in Belfast. Yes. Um, and uh, so um, so we've been trying to collect data from, from them through their phones, etc. Um, so we know where they go um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and so we know what else we need to provide as a product in the city. So we put out calls to small tech companies and say, OK, these are the problems. So, for example, air quality is a problem in the city. Yeah. Um, and how can you help us solve some of these problems? And we will give a small amount of money to say, right, come up with ideas, first of all come in and pitch them to us, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll give you a bit more money if we think there might be something in these yeah, ideas yeah, yeah. to work up maybe a prototype and then come back in with your prototype. And we will, m- m- we will potentially buy that service mm. then as a city. And then you can go and sell that to cities around the world as yeah, well yeah, yeah. if that really works and stacks up. So... Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of that going on in the city. So I think that's really what a smart city is all about. It's about creating the right infrastructure first of all, but then the environment yeah. that you can really innovate, and your businesses can just grow
1: exponentially. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. One of the questions that I really was looking forward to asking. You obviously deal with things on a very large, big picture scale, and you know you're involved in. Um, Working in partnership with all the necessary bodies involved to make that happen. But what can we as listeners, as we as like individuals, like as citizens of Belfast, for lack of a better term, like what can we individually do to help our city flourish?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, because I think... That um, people don't necessarily um, think enough about that. They think it's somebody else's job to make that yes. that happen all yeah. the time. Um, I think that um, one of the things you touched on was, you know, um, uh, being in New York and, and how um, people thought about Belfast. So I think everybody can be an ambassador for. Mm. Um, this place. Um, it's very easy to, you know, um, you know, at this point in time, um, with no government in place, you know, to, to complain about things. Oh, yeah. But actually, um, people need to find out, know more about their city and their place, and then they need to go out and shout about it as yeah. well. I also think, you know, particularly young people, um, uh, and getting involved with um different organizations um whether that's the youth forum that we have um in the city whether that's um a young enterprise that you were involved in um, whether that is young influencers whoever right and there're lots of these groups yeah um, to get involved in in that because um you know we will listen to what young people have to say i need to know what young people want for their city in the future yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that they actually find a way to articulate mm. what they want so I'll give you an example of this well, you, you talked about the fire in Mark mm-hmm. and there's a whole debate going on about pedestrianisation um, of the, the city centre yeah. at this point in time because of that and because of the fact that it was cut off couldn't have buses going down the main shopping yep. area and we put park little pocket parks and things yeah, in yeah, yeah. Um and uh, it's nice, so, that I liked it Yeah. Yeah. So now we want to completely reimagine the city centre. We want a new vision for how it should be used. Right. Right. But, you know, we need some kind of really smart ideas around that. And, you know, with the best will in the world, you know, most people um, on my management team were over 40. Right. And um, and they're not the ones who are going to come up with the the nice, bright ideas for what we can do. So I would say um, get involved. Um, and, you know, discuss these things on social media too. You know, we will put out things on social media as a council to ask what people think about that yeah. and um, get involved in doing that. It's not a waste of time. We do listen.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I always like to kind of try to land the plane to these interviews. I have a couple of stock questions I ask every single guest. There was just one or two other wee ones kind of more personally that I thought would be really mm-hmm. interesting to hear your thoughts. I'm interested that you, you know, you went and you did these leadership sort of up skills, for lack of a better term, whenever, you know, you were uh, in your old previous job and things like that. (sighs) Maybe you haven't experienced this, maybe this is completely kind of off the cuff, but have you ever found leadership to be a lonely experience? Mm -hmm. And if you have, how do you deal with the loneliness of leadership?
2: Yeah, so at the top of an organization, um Certainly, it can be very lonely yeah. at times because ultimately the buck does stop with you yeah. i um, particularly in a political organization, okay, so where I am responsible to counselors and I know in my role um, in public service, you know um, it is um, it, it is I'm in public life basically so um, I also have to you know um, watch how I portray, myself yeah. as well. Um, and there are only certain things I can say and I and there are things I can't say yeah. as well. So I cannot be political yeah. because I serve all eight all political ed, yeah. parties. Um, so I always have to be cautious about that. Um, and I think um, there can be times um, when there are political fallouts between parties where sometimes I can feel in, you know, in, in a difficult position. Yeah. Um, and that's when it gets the most difficult, the Mm -hmm. most lonely in terms of of leadership. Um, I think the way of dealing with that um, is have a really good team around you. Um, have a team who watches, you know, each other's backs, who support each other because things get tough at different times for different people on your on your team, including me. Sure. And actually, to articulate that a bit as well, because you yeah. think when you go into leadership and you're at the top of the organisation, sometimes you have to be so tough, right? <laughs> um, and you have to show that nothing ever gets to you, yeah, right? Yeah. But actually, I find through the most difficult times um, in this job that um, uh, that actually showing uh, that. Things aren't always okay, and that you do need a bit of support from your team at certain yeah. times really helps and builds those bonds and those relationships. Mm-hmm. So we have had difficult summers over bonfires, and um, uh, in the last few years, yeah. um, you know, when I've been in front of the front of the papers, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes you feel um, very lonely in those in those situations, and that's when the team actually got got around me and supported me, and and uh, and vice versa. You know because yeah. they'll only do that if, if I support yeah, them, yeah, of, of course, yeah, ah. and, and the networks too. So, don't yeah. I, um, having those networks, those relationships I talked about at the very beginning, really important because actually, when the chips are down sometimes and you end up in the front of the paper, um, maybe through no real fault of your own, yeah, sure. um, but. Uh, you know, I will get texts from people. I get texts from other chief executives and other councils. Um, some of my civil service colleagues, etc. Some people in the private sector say, "We're with you." You know, mm. we know what you're. You, you know, um, uh, what you're trying to do for this city. You're trying to make it successful, etc. So, um, we we'll, we've got your back as well.
1: Yeah, we must have done some weird like mind reading thing there because my next question is about success. Yeah, and this is something we ask everybody and. We love asking it to Northern Irish people, especially, and it's very simple. It says, "Tell us about a moment in your life where you felt really, really successful."
2: I think um, getting the city deal negotiated yeah. um, felt really successful, and I'll tell you why that was so important. That so was massive. What, yeah. What's the figure on that? So the figures eight hundred and fifty million. My goodness. for the city's region now. So it involves six yeah. councils. Yeah. Um, but at the very outset, so so when I got the job um, as chief exec. I went to see other chief executives in the, in England and in Dublin as well, and Cork, and uh, I, just to just to look at what they were focusing their time on and what their big ambitions for their cities were, and so a lot of the English cities had negotiated city deals, particularly Manchester, I focused mm. a lot on Manchester, uh, which gave them um, a lot of um, momentum in terms of, you know, we've set out this big plan for 20 years for, for Belfast. Now I need some cash and, and <laughs> <laughs> tools to actually make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the city deal for them was, was um, you know, a way of get financing big physical projects in their, in their cities, Right. And so I thought, well, I want one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> um and uh and so whenever we brought it back here, um and I raised it as an issue, and of course the politicians were all pushing for this in Belfast City Council as well, so it wasn't just me, right? Um but um when I started to push for this, when I talked about it, um and I was basically told by most of the players, hmm. It's not gonna happen in that fast. <laughs> you know, look at the politics, you know, look yeah. at um you know, um the the devolved how the devolution deal is done in Belfast it's yeah. very different from those other cities so it's really not going to happen so you know you're, you're going to spend your energy on this and and you not get it across the line so um just determination drive Happy okay days. not going to give up um <laughs> not going to give up easily when there's such a big prize yeah. um to, you know to be gained yeah uh, and so we we just got over every single hurdle that was put in our way and um you know um, when, when they were put up, we just knocked them down. We went um, and did a lot of lobbying and, and uh, a lot of negotiations to make that happen. And we went after the opportunities when they arose. So sometimes there's a timing issue with these things, yeah, right? Yes, it's right, isn't it? Uh-huh. And so politically, um, there was the ideal timing opportunity and we absolutely went for it at that Amazing. stage. And whenever people said, oh, well, um, you know, we don't, um, we don't know what the deal is going to look like for Northern Ireland, for Belfast, etc. We said, well, well, you know what? Here it is. We'll write it for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is what it looks like. Right. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. Second last question, Suzanne. And this is, again, another one we ask everyone, if you could take anyone from Northern Ireland out for coffee, dead or alive, uh, who would you take and oh. where would you take them?
2: Where would I take them? OK, so um, who would I take? Do you know what? Actually, I mean this. Uh, it, it, so I've been watching Gary Lightbody lately, right? Yes. Um, and uh, and you know, I know he's a, a pop star, and yeah. you probably wouldn't expect me to say. Um, i would take him out you probably would expect me to say some business person or whatever <laughs> and uh but i take them out all the time right <laughs> um so and this isn't about you know wanting to take famous people out necessarily but i've just yeah. been watching them lately um in terms of their comeback um in terms of what they've done with word park um in terms of you know why he has articulated um his health issues mm-hmm. um and what he wants to do for for northern ireland um too um, and, uh, so I'm really interested in how people give back. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so I think just at this point in time, if it, you know, if you're asking me next week who you would take yeah, out. Yeah. I think I'd like, um, to, to take him out for a cup of coffee just to find out a bit more about his motivation yeah, yeah. um, and how we can get more people. From Northern Ireland to do that kind yeah. of thing, um, and and there are many of them. Oh, of Absolutely, yeah. there there are. Um, but you know, we talked earlier about coming, you coming back to Belfast. Why you did that? Why you chose to do that? We need more people to to think about that, mm-hmm. um, because. Um, it is such a great place to live, yeah. but we export a whole university every year. So we two universities in the city. Okay, but every year you have the you know a third what of a third yes of our um, undergraduates go to study outside. Northern are you Ireland. serious? Yes, and only a third of them at the minute are coming back. Oh my word. To Belfast, so um, and and people are starting to come back more. You're you're, you know, a great example of this. I've met many, many others, of course, that are coming back now yeah. and are are just, you know, evangelizing about yes this place and the quality of life that they can have here. So I think that um, you know, the advocates for this place, famous or not, mm. <laughs> as the case may be, it's yeah. really important that we tap into to yeah. all of that because the opportunities are here. The, and as I said before, the companies are prepared to invest here, mm-hmm. but they need the skills. So if we can get all of that to match up, brilliant. Cool. And where would I take them for a I was a going to say,
1: thing? if Gary's listening, where can I expect to meet you?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really good question. So maybe somewhere I haven't been. So myself, you know, you probably expect me to say um, Grand Central and the Observatory <laughs> and we'll look over Belfast and which is which is fab. Um, and all of those top bars are Um but you know what? Uh, what about just bringing him here? Or mobass. baths. Mm-hmm. Or mobass, mm. baths, right? Because I've just had the tour. I, so I knew this place when it was um an, an office heard the stories about yeah. the history of the place as a bath um but to get the tour this morning when it's all completed all fitted yeah. out etc it is so cool it's amazing and it? you've got root and branch there as well I am i allowed to say that is that commercial oh, absolutely. Am I oh, well, Do right. okay. yeah yeah here's a, wee per- <laughs> so, a personal recommendation uh-huh. if
1: you haven't been have you ever been it's a quite new place called panama
2: so i've heard of panama it's but right i have been it's right behind
1: the invest in i building uh-huh. and uh over the next month you gotta check it out okay it is beautiful. It's, it's beautiful it's really really lovely it's a coffee shop sort of like a wee eatery this really is not good. a sponsorship this, or so, anything by the way but so somebody did beautiful. tell me about
2: this the other day because i i really like good coffee yeah right so and i really like established and i really like you know a few of the others um root and bench is a really good coffee too so yes somebody did mention panama yeah. to me so cool. yeah um Maybe, maybe we will
3: go for two cups of coffee then. There you go, on. there
1: mm-hmm. you go. Do a wee coffee crawl we could do as a tour. Say. We yeah, could, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Final question, Suzanne. If you could turn this, you know, wee podcast studio into a time machine and take yourself back to, let's say, sixteen years old, and you had a couple of minutes to sit down and talk to wee Suzanne, <laughs> what sort of things would you give her as as words of advice?
2: And uh, so I guess at 16 years old I didn't really know what um, I wanted to do with my life um, at that stage and uh, at that stage I didn't even know if I wanted to stay in Belfast mm-hmm. I did in the end, I didn't go to university outside the city yeah. and, uh, and I've kind of always, you know, questioned myself, well, um, is that uh, a good thing or not a good thing same with being in, for one, working for one employer all my life, is that a good thing? Yeah, I never so, thought of it like that, yeah, it's totally true though, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I know, so I think, um uh, if I was to give myself um, a bit of advice then I would say well do you know what um staying in Belfast can be a br- can be a brilliant thing it has it's turned out fabulously it's worked out all right me. for you, hasn't it? It's right been okay. It has. So I think I would give myself that advice. I think I would have told myself um, as well um, at that age, because it took me until I was probably about 20 before I wised up, you know, mm. um, and really started to drive myself to to, to, um, to, to work and, and uh, you know, to decide what I wanted to be. So yeah. I think I would have told myself to wise up a wee bit earlier, <laughs> but still have fun, because you, you can go. have great fun in this city too.
1: Absolutely. Suzanne, thank you so, so much. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. You're
2: welcome. Cheers.
1: Incredible stuff. Suzanne, thank you so, so much for taking the time out to meet me in what has to be one of the busiest schedules in the country. I really appreciate it. I know the listeners do too. And speaking of listeners, speaking of you guys, thank you thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode beneficial. I know I certainly did. I always walk away with loads of personal notes. I don't know if you can hear it in the recordings, but often I'm scribbling notes. I'm making wee notes to myself. I'm going home and reflecting over it. Sometimes I write responses and action steps that I need to take based on what I've heard today. And so I hope you find it beneficial. If it is your first time listening to this podcast or indeed podcasts in general, Welcome. Best of Belfast is the show that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. We do it because we think that Northern Ireland is a fantastic place to live, a great place to grow up and is full of opportunities to develop your business, improve your craft, pursue your art, establish a career, raise a family, have fun, blah blah blah, 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 blah whatever you want. It's also a way to learn from some of our city's finest and actually a way to discover Some of the incredible stories that I personally feel like are not being told in Northern Ireland, along with hearing from some individuals who are very well known and incredibly successful in their own right. You can find out more and check out our back catalogue of guests at bestofbelfast.org. That's also where You can sign up to our email newsletter and support the show financially. Thank you so much to every single one of you who are part of our Producers Club. Your support, which ranges from as little as £1 a month, is so helpful and really helps the show thrive. All right, I think that's us. Matthew at org is the email to continue the conversation. And until next Monday morning, hope you have a great week. All the very best, and see you soon. Oh, here, next week's show is going to be something a little bit different, something that I've never done on the podcast before. We're actually rolling out a week-long mini-series, so there's going to be episodes going out Monday to Friday, and there's going to be a trailer coming out later in the week to fill you in and hopefully get you excited for that. Can't wait to share out with you. It's going to be a good one. Uh, for the second time, thanks very much.
0: Goodbye. See you later. Hi, guys. I'm Rob, and I'm from Queensland, and I'm a proud member of the Best of Belfast Producers Club. I listen to the podcast for a number of reasons. I love Belfast, Northern Ireland, and the country, and the people in it. I have a connection with Northern Ireland as our family came to Australia in the 1800s from the beautiful county of Fermanagh. I love what's going on in Belfast, the entrepreneurs, the innovation, the technology and the spirit. My favourite podcast is definitely the Tim Brundle episode, although I do have many other favourites. I support the podcast financially because I believe that quality work deserves fair financial support. It's important that we continue to hear about the amazing people of Northern Ireland and what they are achieving. So if you've been sitting on the fence about joining the Producers Club and you would really miss Best of Belfast if it wasn't here, as I would, I highly recommend considering joining today. You can do so over at bestofbelfast.org and I look forward to seeing you in the WhatsApp group soon.